Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. You're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. I was feeling perky. I was going to say, like, hello, beautiful listeners. This is Kimberly. Instead, you just jazzed up the phrasing, which I enjoy. Yeah, super jazzy. Yeah, like soup's jazz. Soup's, I know I was going to say that. I know and you I were. decided not to because I feel like it's really annoying when I say soups. Who told you it was annoying? I think it's No one told too. me. I've self self-accusing. I self-accused myself of being annoying. Can I be like on the defense team and say, nay, your honor, it sounds great. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Don't accuse thyself. Okay. Thank you. I'm re- recusing your accusing. Okay. Thank you. Also, I heard from several people that I pronounce jewelry just fine. You do? That they pronounce it that way too in Canada. And that's why I, I should move to Canada. Among many reasons. So I'm going to move to Canada because there I will have found my people. Can you take a friend? That pronounce jewelry correctly. I think it's just one of those things. It's going to bug like 0.1% and it just so happened that the 0.1% decided to tell you it. Nicely. Very nicely. She's probably listening. Yeah. I hope you're still listening. If you don't know what we're talking about, check out our latest Patreon episode because I think that's where we were talking about it. Okay. What are we talking about today, Katie? So today we're talking about murder among friends, which could just be a sentence, but it also happens to be the title of the series that we're talking about. But it sounded like it could just be a sentence. I feel like there was a Dateline episode. No, there was a Dateline episode called Circle of Friends, I think. Yeah. Which was about murder among friends. Yes. Why didn't we cover that? Honestly, the survivor of the incident is very nice. So I feel like I wouldn't want to like say anything mean. She didn't do anything wrong. It was a love triangle gone terribly wrong. Why can't we talk about it though? I guess we could. Nothing's that funny about it. It's just kind of young people in a young love triangle, much younger than us, like half our age. Does it have anything to do with the big chill? No. It. What? That's a circle of friends. If that turned into murder, that's kind of what I'm picturing is the big chill, but then there's a murder. The big chill, the movie with the, about the like 40 something people? About the friends. Yes. There's also another movie called Circle of Friends with Minnie Driver where... Yeah, love it. Read the book. But they're older. They're not young. In Circle of Friends, they're young. They just graduated college. It's just that Minnie Driver doesn't look that young when she's young. She's one of those people like Beyonce who looks like an adult woman from the age of 18 on. Got it. Side note, if you haven't seen Circle of Friends because you're too young, I feel like we might have some listeners that are too young to have seen Circle of Friends. It was a very popular movie. Watch it. Read the book. But really, the movie, I almost think, is better. It's a really good movie. Yeah, that's probably criminal because people love that author. Anyways, yes, seen the episode. Love it. Love the bodybuilding. Love everything about it shocked to learn that bodybuilding is, and I quote, a physical, sensual, sexual sport. Are you going to take all my good stuff? Just tell me now. 
and I just won't write. <laughs> I just won't write this stuff down anymore. I just won't do it. I was so confused because. Well, hold on. Before you get to being confused, let me just finish the intro really fast. This is season two, episode nine. The title is called Muscle Bound. Go for it. I've always thought. Well, I guess it makes sense. They're very proud of their bodies. They wouldn't wouldn't want when why wouldn't they want to be sensual? But from what I've seen of the prep work and the fake tanning and the oil makes me feel like very unsexy. No, because they're all doing it. Who really is feeling unsexual, sensual is the hotel maids that have to deal with your linens after. That's absolutely right. After you have sensual, consensual sex. Maybe your car seats aren't feeling great about it. So the detailer for your car, if you're taking your car. I just thought of that. You know, if you have leather seats and you sweat a lot. Now you have to go take it to get de-oranged. Yeah. But the tan was not intense in what we saw in this. It wasn't the first thing I noticed. And sometimes it's the first thing. It's so dark. It's like pounds of Hawaiian Tropic dark tanning oil. I didn't notice it as much in this. I appreciate you bringing up the B-roll because it had great B-roll. It definitely did. So let's get to the meat of this episode. We open in Las Vegas, which is, according to our narrator, apparently opened up its share of lost souls and has seen countless heinous acts. They're a downer at the beginning of this episode. I was like, what's happening here? That's stealing a move from Dateline, right? Dateline making fun of the town at the beginning. I don't think it's as dark as this was. This was like we're going into the seedy underbelly of Las Vegas and that's where like muscle gyms are. You're not coming out alive. Yeah. Good luck. Everyone's going to be addicted to steroids and killing each other. Is... Las Vegas, what are we calling it? Fitness muscle industry competition hub, I guess. I guess that Las Vegas is the hub for a lot of industries. But I have been to a hotel where there are fitness people staying. Remember, I had that conversation with the girl in the elevator and she was laughing about how tan she was. She was making fun of herself. She would have been our friend and given us all the ins and outs, and it was her first competition. I feel like she would have judged my diet harshly. I think that she was judging herself harshly. The feeling that I strongly got from her was, I've made a huge mistake, (laughs) was the feeling that I got. Oh, I want to be friends with her I think what happened was she went through a bad breakup. This is me totally projecting, but this is my guess. That and then got really into this hobby. Which a lot of people do after breakups. Yeah. And then went to compete and was like, oh, I can't do this. That's amazing. Now, no shame if you're actually into it. It is impressive if you're actually into it. The work and dedication that it takes to do this and the time commitment. Oh, it takes over your whole life, I think. And the money, I'm sure, like a beauty pageant, takes a ton of money. I'm sure this takes a ton of money to focus on your career. There are fees to enter these competitions, but I think this is what, getting to your point of the sensual physicality of it, these people are ending up together because they're the only people that understand this world, right? So it's a really easy fit. That's so true. Now, it's not my aesthetic, Hmm. but that's a personal choice. And no shame if that's what you're into. Giant, muscly dudes? Correct. Beefcake. I mean, thankfully, the actor they have chosen looks nothing like the actual guy. Yeah, that was shocking. The actual actor is ripped, has muscles, but like average size muscles. And then they show the actual dude, the B-roll of his competition footage was like bigger than 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I don't know how he fits into doors. I think that's what everybody says about these guys that are at the top of the game. They all look like that. I'm glad that they both look like that because this makes more sense. These are two people at the peak top of their... They are celebrities in this world and they deserve to be because look at the work they've done on their bodies. It's kind of impressive in some way. They sculpted their body to look like that. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Yeah, I could never. I don't have the discipline or the patience. It takes an extreme amount of both. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we don't open with them. We open with a very strange scene that I don't know what's going on and I thought I was on the wrong episode. It's a reenactment of a very dirty little boy. Why was he so dirty? And his, I wrote down dad, question mark, captor, question mark, because he's just wandering around and he's very dirty, like brown dirt all over his face and like kind of like, please, sir, can I have some more? He was full Oliver twisting it. Oh my God, I kid you not. I wrote, why is this dirty street urchin wandering the desert with a walking stick like a six-year-old Tom Sawyer or Oliver Twist. No idea what was happening. I have no idea why he was there. And then his dad catches up to him. I think it was his dad. Dad is totally clean. Yes, the way that they place the dad is you think the boy's alone and then you see a shadowy figure of a man behind. And again, I think I'm in the wrong episode. And then he comes up and he's like, what do you see, son? Or something like that. But dad is in a crisp, white, like off-white cream beige shirt, white, no dirt. What's happening? No dirt on him. And I thought he was going to say, get into my van. Like, I thought he was kidnapping this child, even though it appears this is his son. But this kid was obviously being held in some sort of dungeon for a very long time and has now crawled out to safety only to be recaptured by his clean father. It was very confusing. Usually they pick a very benign setup to finding a body, like on Law and Order and stuff. It's like two schmoes walking down the street, like talking about chicks. This was like, it should have been the whole episode. This opening scene should have had a spinoff. Yeah, what's their story? It was, I want the episode we got, but I want this one to also have been a second episode. It's really... Because it was that fascinating Why is he so dirty? Okay. Anyways, this dirty young child who may or may not be an orphan comes across a burnt up car, like a burnout car. And the dad comes and decides, well, probably the smartest thing to do is to open the trunk, opens the trunk and there's a dead body inside. Also a lot of feathers and a cage, empty cage, never explained. But seriously, where is that bird? And why are there feathers? That's a really good question. Later on in the episode, they do quick shots Mm -hmm. of random things. And one of the things they do a quick shot of is a peacock. It's like quick shot of a watch, quick shot of a car, quick shot of a peacock, quick shot of a... And I was like, is that the feathers? They're trying to tell us a peacock died? I do not remember the cage, but I'm sure it was there if you say it was. It was. It was the little cage and there were feathers on the body. Sorry, in the car? In the trunk. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So, oh, she must have had a bird. And then they just cut it from the episode, but they had it in that part, but then they cut the rest of it out because they were like, we're not time. I don't know. Good point. They must have cut it. She must have had a bird. So then it would be like, well, maybe she took off, but she wouldn't leave her bird behind. And the killer, whoever, I don't want to give it away, put the bird in the car. Yeah. With her. Yes, ma'am. 
monsters. Because they were like, I killed her. I don't want to take care of her bird now. No, because they have to get rid of the bird because they they have to. Because if the bird is there, it's going to be like, well, why did she leave without her bird? So we'll get to it. Okay. I see. I see what you're saying. So now some cops show up in the reenactment and they're talking to the son and the dad who apparently come out to these woods all the time. But I thought it was desert, but it looks like woods to me. So I don't know my landscape. Yeah, I thought it was on the outside of Vegas. And the kid is so sad and tells the cops how I walk by here every day. Because he's forever changed because he just, his dad opened up this trunk and there was this really scary dead body. Sorry, the body's scary because the face is duct taped and it's burnt. So this is our second burnt person in a very short amount of time. But the duct tape makes it very jarring, for sure. Oh yeah, it's covering the whole face, not just the mouth and the nose. Yeah, that kid's going to have nightmares. Yeah, no. Also, dad, don't open the trunk of a burned out thing in front of your child. Like have your child turn around. But I would turn back around. Child is not going to stay turned around. Yeah, why is your child so filthy? Why are the cops not questioning the dad? Why is your son so dirty? I feel like that there was a story that just got cut. There is had to Is it possible that they just wrote it as the son likes to play in the woods slash desert and the dad goes with him and the makeup artist misunderstood and painted way too much dirt on him? Is it possible that there wasn't a makeup artist on set that day and they had to come camera ready and mom heard dirty and mom did full dirt on the kid and then they could get it off? Dickensian orphan dirt. Right. Exactly. Interesting. And no one thought to wipe it off and perhaps put some of that dirt on the bodybuilders to make them look tanner. We just need the dad to also be dirty so that it looks like they're doing the same activity because right now it looks like child is doing one thing and dad is sitting in the car while the child rolls around in a tunnel. So anyways, we're told that even for veteran detectives, this is a gruesome discovery. The woman in the trunk has been wrapped in a blanket. Her face was duct taped from eyebrow to chin, and she's been burned beyond recognition. There is also an accelerant can found in the truck, like a red gasoline can. And I'm not going to say that this detective thinks that we're stupid, but yes, I am. He thinks we're really stupid because... There's a couple of times that he does this, but the most pointed condescending line he says is, there's an accelerant used in the truck or lighter fluid as it's commonly referred to. Thanks. Also, I did not like the way he said lighter fluid as it's commonly referred to. Like lighter fluid isn't the proper phrase, like that's sleet street slang for it or something. Is it not called lighter fluid? That's what it's called. It's not just commonly referred to it. That's what it's called. I'm not happy about that. Lighter fluid. There was a big eye roll. It was used as an accelerant, uh-huh. yes, but it is also in its own entity just called lighter fluid, unless it's not and we're dumb because he made it sound like that was what the kids on the street call it or something or us plebeians call it lighter fluid. He just made it seem like us people that don't know better, us dumb folk. And I just don't think that it's that dumb. The cops find a burnt up license plate on the ground and they find out who the fancy car belongs to. They keep referring to this car as a luxury car. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out what kind of car this is supposed to be. I know you don't know because you have car blindness. They say later, but they don't tell us right now. They just keep saying luxury car. And to me, it doesn't. It honestly looks like it could be a Honda. Well, it's burned crisp. 
But the shape of it. Yeah, it didn't seem like, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. So 33-year-old Kelly Ryan is a sort of fitness model, trainer, celebrity, pseudo-celebrity. She's like a celebrity in the fitness world. They call her Flyin' Ryan because she does these crazy gymnastic routines on the stage during competitions. And we get actual B-roll of her competing, Mm -hmm. like we talked about. And she is fantastic. She's got moves. Yes, she she does a lot of that flips straight into a bouncy split. Like you land really bouncy on the floor with your splits. Double handoff, backhand spring, roundup, double cell clow. No, that's ice skating. Okay, she is part of a power couple, actually, of the bodybuilding world. Craig Titus is her boyfriend, and he is also a superstar. Oh, are they not married? No. We don't think so. Oh, I didn't know. I kind of assumed they were married. I actually wrote Craig Ryan for a while, and then I heard them say Craig Titus, and I was like, oh, well, maybe they're married. She didn't take his last name, but I don't know if they're... I think they're not married. Maybe, question mark. Maybe, yeah. The actors that are playing them are great, and everyone in this episode is super-duper attractive. Every single person. I'm just going to put that out there. Even the people that they are meant to be kind of like the, the losers are still really attractive. 100%. That's what I'm talking about. No one is bad looking in this episode at all. There is no loser. So when they find out that this license plate and thus car belongs to Kelly Ryan, they think that it's going to be her body in the trunk. So they drive to her and Craig's opulent, opulence the word they use, house, and they deliver the bad news. But dun, 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 Kelly Ryan answers the door. She's not dead. She's not in a trunk. And they look at her like she's a ghost. They do. Absolutely. They tell her her car was found burned up. And I would have liked to have seen a bigger reaction from reenactment, Kelly. Oh, yeah. No reaction. Yeah, not really. Just kind of like annoyed that they're telling her even. Do they tell her at that point that there's a body in the car? Do they not tell her that yet? I think they do. And she pours herself some juice. Her blood sugar was low. You need those electrolytes when you find out that someone is dead in your car. Yes, that's what happens. She doesn't offer them juice, though, by the way. No, she's opulent. She doesn't need to offer them juice. They can buy their own juice. They don't look opulent. She was opulent. Only opulent people get juice? If you're opulent, you're not generous? Mm, I don't know. Also, Las Vegas opulence is a thing that I don't know much about. Oh, I don't either. Was there ever a Real Housewives of Las Vegas? Why Why hasn't there been? Is it coming? I don't know. T.M., Mark, Katie, and Kimberly. If it's not, Andy Cohen, give us a call. Also, can Anderson Cooper be my boyfriend? So those are my two questions for Andy Cohen. I have an answer to the second one. Yeah, I know. It's okay, no. it's going to be no. It's going to be a big no. I know. They So Kelly tells the cops that her car was taken or borrowed, don't know which, by their friend, her and Craig's friend, Melissa James. Melissa James was hired as Craig and Kelly's personal assistant about a year ago, and she lived in the house off and on with them. The couple was starting to get out of the competition game, and they're going to start a new business venture for their retirement years at the ripe old age of 33. They're going to do a fitness apparel store called Ice Something. It was a term I had never heard before. Do you know what it was? Ice break or something? I thought it was just like ice apparel or something. It was weird. We'll come back to it later because I wrote it down later in my notes, but it's called Ice Capade. 
not but it's something strange that I think <laughs> ice is a term for something in bodybuilding that I didn't. So Melissa is described as the ultimate go-getter. She is always one to like speak up and speak her mind. She'll never shy away from a challenge. And the reenactment at this point is showing the three of them setting up their fitness store for like, it looks like a launch party, but I think they had already been in business, so I don't know what it is. It's just an op- a party that the store is going to have that's Greek-themed. Kelly's in full athleisure wear. Melissa is, for some reason, dressed as a ballerina in a wrap sweater from Capizio. In, like, wedge sandals as she's, like, on ladders decorating the store. What are they trying to tell us about Melissa by this costume choice? That she's not a workout person, she's a yoga person? Because yoga people don't wear ballet clothes. <laughs> as far as I know, right? That's yes, that's what they were going for. Okay. They were trying to do like one of these things is not like the other. Right. And it's her. It was really obvious, but that's okay. Now enter the jealous best friend of Kelly. I thought Melissa was your best friend. Nope. <laughs> it is broker Megan Pearson who guards the best friend title closely, as we all do. Megan is stopping by with costumes for the theme party because she's also a stylist. She's not, but she's decided to buy everybody clothes for the party. Now we meet the other friend. So we're meeting like the side friends. Megan is Kelly's best friend. And this guy, Anthony Gross, is Craig's. They don't say he's his best friend. They say he's more like his minion. Yeah, he's a hanger on. That's what they say, a hanger on. He isn't a god, lowercase god, like Craig. And there might be some hero worship happening here. But the actor doesn't really play it like that. Did you feel like he did? I think he could have gone more. He could have been more desperate. Like, hey, Craig, 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 did you hear that joke that I just made, Craig? Like, hey, I was just talking about you, buddy. Look at this cool tattoo I got, Craig, Craig. That's very good. You should have been Anthony. (laughs) I should have been Anthony. Next time when the breakdowns come out, I'm submitting you for Anthony. He's also way too handsome for it to make sense. I have to say that, too. He's way too attractive. I think the fact that he's small, though, is what they were going for. But again, none of these actors are that huge. The girl that plays Kelly is ripped, but not obviously as huge as a bodybuilder would be. Mm -hmm. And the same with the guy actor. But they're both still totally ripped and in amazing shape. But they couldn't find actors that were actual bodybuilders, I guess. I don't know how that crossover goes. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is an anomaly and he's not like an actor actor, you know? No, I think for central casting, like for extras, you could find bodybuilders, but not for these leading roles. Mm. So Anthony looks just like a normal dude. Okay, so we meet Anthony and Megan. The reenactment has them trying on their costumes and there's this really strange moment of Kelly like, kind of pawing at Melissa's like skimpy Greek goddess dress. She's like tugging at the rope around her waist and it's make it made me so uncomfortable. There were so many times in this that made me really uncomfortable because you know I don't like intimacy on television. This is so interesting because I noticed this is totally true. This is the way the narrator is telling us how this scene went. But later we hear this scene from another person's perspective And Kelly is looking upset and not touching. Is that the same day? Yeah. In the same costumes with the Greek god outfit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I was like, ooh, they're doing an interesting play on how 
the same event can occur simultaneously differently to multiple people's perspectives. And it's a very profound statement from ID Network. There we go. I like that. And they're going to appreciate you for pointing it out. Thank you. Sponsor us. Thank you. And Megan is sort of shooting daggers. The best friend is shooting daggers at Kelly and Melissa during this. And I'm like, okay, so she's the red herring. We're supposed to think Megan did this, right? Whatever. So after commercial, we find out that the car is a flipping Jaguar. We had to go through an entire commercial break before we find out that the luxury car is a Jaguar, which now makes a little more sense to me because I'm like, oh, no, that's expensive expensive. I don't know why luxury didn't do it for me. Apparently, I don't know why that. Yeah, it's so upsetting I needed to, to know the make. Forget it. I don't know what happened. I'll compose a letter for you. You can <laughs> sign it. Kelly tells detectives that Melissa was going back to her family in Florida to escape from some drama that was happening the night that the car went missing and that supposedly Melissa went missing. Megan had come over and had dinner with Craig and Kelly. And sometime during the events of the night, Kelly had noticed that her car was missing. Yeah, I don't understand this. And she was kind of mad that Melissa maybe took her Jag, but not mad enough to report a very expensive luxury car stolen. Also, it's not like she borrowed it to run errands. She knew that she was going to Florida. Yeah, borrowing it to drive to Florida. Yeah, that's not great. You would be a little bit more than annoyed. It's not like she borrowed it literally to go to the mall, you know, without telling you. Right. She took it to go across. That's like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that's a police report. So Kelly hasn't spoken to Megan since the night before. We're supposed to not know if it's Megan or Melissa in the trunk. We know that it's Melissa in the trunk, right? I mean, we know that it's Melissa. The reason we know is because we actually meet her mom who does an interview. There we go. That's a very good point. Unless Melissa is somehow the murderer, which she's just not being set up Other that than way. that, her mom is not getting called to do an interview. Mom wouldn't be that sad if she was the murderer. So the coroner is looking over the body and it is determined that there was actually quite a bit of blunt force trauma. So there was some sort of a fight. There are taser marks in her skin. And then also they ran a toxicology and it showed that there were lethal amounts of morphine in her system. But what happened to the bird? No one cares. Where are you getting morphine? You can't just go and get morphine. Well, that made me think of syringes and drugs and steroids. It definitely made me think of steroids, but that's what I was surprised at. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the drug in her system to be some sort of performance-enhancing drug in an insane amount. But it kind of made sense because she's in this bodybuilding world, so maybe she was taking it. We, we didn't go there at all. It's straight-up morphine. Don't know how they got it. Don't know what's going on. Never explained. We have a long list of things we need to ask ID about. We do. It's just on this episode alone. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The body is indeed in the trunk. Melissa. Melissa's mom is very sad. She's very honest. The mom comes off great in her interviews. She does a great job. She says that seeing other people with their daughters has been really tough. I'm really sorry, Melissa's mom. Yes, that sucks. And it sucks for a minute for you. I'm really sorry. I hope that you can maybe foster a daughter. I don't know. Get a dog. Get something. Get some love. Get something to fill the little space in your heart. Maybe there are siblings. We don't know. God, I hope not, because she made it seem like <laughs> it was all over when Melissa was gone. Yeah. 
<laughs> the all love is shut down for the future. Police are now combing Melissa's guest bedroom at Craig and Kelly's house. And they say the room is a little bit messy, like a college dorm. Everything's kind of thrown anywhere, especially compared to the rest of the house, which is pretty neat and tidy. But they managed to find some evidence in the plush carpeting. They're really going for it with the words in this. They find nine taser dots on the floor, which means a taser was used in the room. Taser dot. Fascinating. Didn't know that I remembered from this episode, but like this episode was how I learned that information. I would like to remember that and then reference it at a party. If somebody was bringing up taser, I'd be like, did you know that when you taser someone, a little piece of confetti falls out? And then everyone would say, Katie, you're so dumb. No one would believe But I don't feel like that happens on TV when they taser someone. Of course not, because that's hard to recreate. They're not doing that. They're not showing the dot Or is maybe that only true sometimes, or maybe in older models of tasers. I think that this is what happens. I think it's a thing that tasers do. Really fascinating. And it's also fascinating that they have invisible numbers on them or something. I don't understand. They were trying to show it close up and it was a struggle. I was trying really hard to read it. Yeah. No, it's a bunch of lines of numbers. And they were looking at it with magnifying glass. That's crazy. So basically, don't taser someone as part of a crime because it's literally leaving basically like your business card there. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. Now we can find out who the taser is registered to by these little invisible numbers. And it's some guy named Ryan Smith. So the police talk to Ryan and his girlfriend, Mandy. And it turns out, Craig Titus is their landlord, so Craig owns properties. Smart. And the taser was actually bought for Craig. Because people buy their landlords tasers all the time. Well, no, because they're kind of friendly. So people buy tasers for their friends a lot. They said they were kind of friendly with each other. Remember that. Mandy and Ryan are friendly with Kelly and Craig. So... Mandy says she actually just had a very weird interaction with Kelly. Kelly had come over, I don't know when, the other day, just to hang out. And the reenactment has them shooting pool, which I appreciate because it didn't have them painting their nails. But I don't see it. But what was interesting was the actress made a good shot. She got two balls in. Do you think they picked that? Busy work that, because the actress was actually a very good maybe, pool player. No, I don't, because I don't feel like there's that much thought put into it where they like read it on their bio, like their resume, what they're good at. And then, because then they have to rent a pool table or find a set where there's a pool table to shoot at. I think it's, it was in the house that they were shooting. And then they, okay. All right. Um, for ID network purposes, I think that's how it works. But the actress, made a good, really good shot. And I was like very impressed that that she did that. I'm always impressed by people that are good at pool. It's a skill. Ollie's pretty good at it. Of course, like, of course he is though, right? Like he lived in Alaska. I feel like you have to be good at that. If you live in Alaska, there's nothing else to do. That's what you do. It's freezing. You go inside and you play pool and play darts. Um, Yeah, darts I can see. Yeah, darts for sure. So when Kelly came over to just have girl time, who knows why she came over, she started kind of, spilling the beans and blabbing to Mandy. And Mandy said it was kind of weird. She was talking about the dead body in the trunk of the car. And she started talking about Melissa and her having a confrontation. So Mandy digs a little bit and finds out that Kelly is indeed very jealous of Melissa. 
and Kelly thinks that Melissa and Craig may have or been having an affair. And I think that's when we see the alternate universe's version of that scene with the Greek outfit. I think you're right. I just didn't write it down. I think you're right. And Kelly is glaring Mm -hmm. at Melissa instead of pawing at her in a sensual way. Is Craig fondling her ropes? I think, no. Melissa goes up to him in his outfit, his Greek god outfit, and pinches his arm, I think. Like how muscly he is. I could be wrong. Interesting. Uh They were doing something that was flirtatious. All right. Maybe he was fondling her robes. I cannot remember now. So was the narrator lying? Right. Is it an untrustworthy narrator? Which is a whole genre of literature. It's very popular now. Like Girl on a Train. Oh, right. And Gone Girl. And the one that I want you to read, The Girl in the Window. Do you trust what the narrator is actually saying? Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. I like that, actually. Well, so this is the first the police are hearing that, like, actual confirmation that, yes, there's some jealousy issues between Kelly and Melissa, although I'm sure they suspect it. So they think that it's probably time to call Craig in for a serious talk. So Craig comes in and admits that, yes, he did start having a sexy affair with Melissa about a month ago. He came home one night to find her naked swimming in the pool. But the actress is totally wearing nude-colored bathing suit. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to say straight out, I was really jealous of that pool. I would like to have a pool uh, someday. Especially if you live in Vegas. Yeah. Outdoor fridge and a pool. Garage fridge and a pool in Vegas. That's the dream. And a regular and a regular spot at the bingo table. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. That's Katie's retirement plan. So sexy affair in the pool. And that's apparently the first time we're supposed to believe. It did not look like the first time. She was laughing and like they had done it many times before. There was never any like awkward moment of like, are we actually going to have this affair? They just were laughing like we're totally doing this. That might have been actor's choice to save the uncomfortable Meryl Streep moment. that They didn't want to like get that deep into it. But we do find out that Craig is, of course, a super ladies man, which I was just waiting for. He actually, (laughs) this is a very strange part right now because I don't know who the guy is is telling us. The guy who wrote the book on it, I don't know who this guy is. I didn't write down who he is that's being interviewed. But he tells us Craig actually had a ranking system for the women he's had sex with. And I was just kind of like, and? Of course he did. Most people do in their head, even if they don't write it down on a piece of paper. Do they? Probably some sort of a semblance of idea of who is in the top. And The only reason this guy would know about it is if Craig was like actively telling people about it. And that's douchey. That is super douchey. But it was like I was waiting for it to be worse than that is what I was going to say. That he had it like up on a whiteboard like at the gym. <laughs> and which shows total strangers. Yeah. Okay. Sexy affair. He's a playboy. We all figured this is when they tell us that the fitness world is very physical, very sensual. It's a very sensual sport. And no one's surprised. I was so surprised. Why? You're just surprised because parts of it gross you out. But all of these people are like good looking, right? They work really hard on their bodies. To each other, they are. They are like in peak physical condition. And that's like, I feel so good. I want to bang everything that moves, I guess. Yeah. And I guess they're not having, they obviously, I'm sure they test for steroids because steroids cause like impotence and things like that. So I'm sure they're like not 
doing that and they're just happy with their bodies and they're that's what the guy said. He said they just all have sex with each other in that world. Didn't know. I think there are a few worlds that are like that, but definitely I could see it in fitness. The medical world is, according to Grey's Anatomy. High finance. According to... When I was on Wall Street in 93. <laughs> so Kelly started to get more and more suspicious after the pool incident. I guess she had a sixth sense that something had happened. Yeah, what, they both smelled like chlorine at the same time? How did she know? They have cameras? No, I think she sensed it. She started, she sensually, she sensed sensuality. Craig and Melissa are like super duper hardcore flirty in their reenactments. Her sixth sense does not have to be that obvious. It's like the most, it's beyond flirty. Right in plain sight of Kelly. Remember the episode with the woman who tried to have her husband killed with the ice cream sandwiches and she was like cuddling with him in the backseat of the cop car and like pawing at him? It's like that. Yeah, and they're not the married couple. They're doing it in front of the wife. Right. And then they're like, somehow Kelly knew. Right. Well, well nobody's being very subtle. And so Kelly is looking to lash out at Melissa and confronts her and says, why don't my books add up? Are you stealing from Ice Gear? That's the name of the store. Ice Gear. Snowshoes? What do they sell? Why was that? You said it was a word you'd never heard before. Ice. It's just gear. Yeah, but what? Remember Ice from Arrested Development? I do. He was a top fitness guy. I, d- I feel like that these are terms that we don't know. I just feel like Ice me is the same as Ace. It's the same as number one. It's the same as VIP. It's like a generic name for something that means number one, top, impressive. And you're using Ice because you're in a desert and you're trying to be like, <laughs> is that, do you see what I'm? Well, they can't call it Sand. Why don't they call it Thunder Gear? There's no, th- oh, there's thunder, I guess, in the desert. Yeah. What about Pyramid Gear? Okay, I'll take it. Ice. Ice Gear. I feel like there's always like an Ice Academy. There's like probably a dance school called Ice. They probably competed on Dance Moms. I feel like there's probably a lot of ice facilities that have nothing to do with actual ice. It's just like, I feel like a word that means excellence. I do not agree. I could not agree less that ice equates to excellence. I feel like on The Apprentice, when they have to split up and create team names, someone probably had a team that was called Team Ice. Because that means that you're cool and aloof and like are cool, but not excellent. It's not like their name is Eagle, Eagle Gear. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. I'm sure I'm wrong. No, I just don't. I just, should we Google? See, you can't Google ice now because you just get ice creams. I'm getting a lot of ice cream shops. Really? That's weird. How about snowshoes? Okay, let's keep going because we're getting to the really good part. Continue on. Okay. Going to keep looking at ice companies. Who knew there were so many? First of all, this is one of those reenactments where we don't hear the actors speak. They kind of like give looks. It's all in pantomime. We barely hear them speak, but we do do get to hear Melissa say one line and it's an unfortunate they one. They speak during the reenactments. Very little. We hear the little boy speak, the orphan. They were speaking when they were making up the store, when she accused her of doing the books. But it's not that important. It's chit chat. It's stuff that the actors are probably adding. Peas living. and carrots. They are not yeah. progressing the story, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Right. They're not like lines that they had to rehearse and stuff. I feel like in some of the ones that we've done, the actors actually were fully telling the story. This is not that. 
And sometimes they don't speak at all. Right. It's a, definitely a choice by the show. It's fun. I like that it's different all the time. Yeah, I do it too. It makes it more fun, especially when we're doing newer, different shows. So Melissa says to Kelly, after she accuses her of stealing, Melissa gets mad and says, you with your fake, horrible dye job and your manly look. I wrote down manly look. Yeah, singular. That sounds like that phrase is replacing something that the director changed at the last minute. Yeah, it's very awkward phrasing. Because why don't you just say, and your man hands? Well, I think she meant her whole body because she's so fit. But it's more pointed and it. Man hands is a thing, right? It makes sense. Yeah, but that's not as big of an insult as to criticize someone's whole look. What about your manly face? Well, because it's not her face that she's calling manly. She's calling her body manly because she's a bodybuilder. So she's saying it is still sounds awkward phrasing to me, though. I know I know what you're saying, but like, why doesn't she say you and your fake, horrible dye job and your man body? It would make much more sense. Manly look is very weird phrasing. And also that actress can't deliver it in a way that makes sense. Kelly should have said we don't body shame around here. Also, my manly look is sought after. My manly look is why I'm in the house that we're in. Well, I was just going to say, bought me my house. Also, who said the muscles are only on men? That's all. Yes, yeah, ridiculous. So Craig sees right through this whole shenanigan and says, no, Kelly's making up the stealing because she's jealous. And at this point, we're going to leave Craig for a second and we're going to move to another interview down the hall, which is Megan, best friend extraordinaire to Kelly. So murder night dinner guest Megan is being interviewed and tells the police that Craig was on the phone most of the night, most of murder night, and they're all eating food. And actually, Kelly called him out on it, like said, get off the phone. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? And the police get all excited and think, oh, well, maybe he was actually on the phone with Melissa. And I wrote at this point, hello, hitman. Forget Melissa. We'll come back to that later. There's a lot of things about that dinner scene that don't make sense to me looking back. Yeah. That I feel like someone's not telling the truth. Oh, really? Okay. Actually, guess what? There's a bombshell. Would you like to drop the bombshell on me? You drop the bomb on me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you do. The bombshell of the episode. They say it's the bombshell. She drops the bombshell. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. The bombshell. Basically, when we saw the fondling of the, when I said fondling a lot before and you all got really uncomfortable, that was actually foreshadowing. Everyone listening got really uncomfortable. That was foreshadowing that Kelly and Melissa were also having an affair. K-Scandalique. K-Scandalique. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Scandalo. So now we get the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable in the world, which is watching intimacy in slow motion pantomime. With like a foggy yeah. Elizabeth Taylor lens. Yes, Vaseline lens. We can call it the lubricant lens. Also, it seemed to be in a garage. 
like that was the yoga where they were doing it. And I was like, but you have the biggest house in the world. Why are you doing yoga in your garage? Not that opulent, are you? So (laughs) I don't get why we had to have this scene be so long, but... It was so long. Well, I know why, because they think that's what we want to see. Yeah, because sex sells, They're trying to appeal to their viewers, yeah. But it really makes my upper lip sweat and I get very uncomfortable. To be clear, not because it's two women. This is Katie's reaction. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I was about to say that. Let me complete my sentence. I made my upper lip sweat, not because they were having a homosexual affair, but because that kind of like slow kissing doesn't matter. I don't care who it is. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if it's an elderly couple. I, I can't. I don't do well with it. It's like an elderly couple. It's too much of the slow. Yeah, I can't. Because everyone in society loves seeing an elderly couple make out. I can't get through Bridges of Madison County. I can't. <laughs> were they elderly in that? I thought they were just like middle aged. I feel like Clint Eastwood is like a dinosaur. How old is Clint <laughs> Eastwood? How old was he in Bridges of Madison County? I mean, now he is and he talks to a chair. He was in his late 60s? No. Mid 60s. Look it up. Google it on that phone you've got in your hand. Google it. I don't. My hands are empty. Put the phone in your hand and Google it so that I can stop (laughs) thinking about it and get on with this nonsense because these two women are slow kissing and caressing each (laughs) other's shoulders and like doing this complicated around the back of the neck kiss. And then here we go. We all know Mm -hmm. it's coming. We pan (gasps) the camera back to show creepy, muscly Craig holding a camcorder from 1990 because that's how you videotape stuff in the 2000s. It was such a big camcorder. It brought me back to my childhood. It had like the microphone on the front. You guys know what I'm talking about. It had like a cassette tape inside, like a VCR tape. Yes, totally. So now, of course, the rumors are that there is a sex tape of them and we get conflicting stories. Nobody knows who to believe. I'm going to say absolutely there's a sex tape. There's probably a few. And not that if there's a rumor that there's a sex tape, there's always a sex tape. In this case, But I feel like in this case, where there's a rumor there's a sex tape, there's for sure a sex tape. They also like to show off their bodies. They said it in when we're talking about the outfits they picked for for the Greek party, that the goal is like maximum skin showing. So Kelly and Craig have a swinging lifestyle, but this can also, as we've know from Datelines, this can... Always goes well. Because sometimes make for messy feelings. And now I'm asking, was Megan super jealous of the thruple? She wasn't just jealous of Kelly. She's jealous of the thruple, right? No, I don't think she was jealous of the thruple. I think she was specifically jealous of Melissa and Kelly's side of the thruple. The way they painted it, she moved to Vegas so that Kelly could train her and like be her best friend. I think she tolerated What's his face's presence? But I think it was more about Kelly. So Melissa, the pretty young thing, Hmm. getting in the way. I see. I think she wanted to be a duo, a menage a do. No, just the two of them with her and Kelly. Agreed. So the police need to dig into some of the less salacious information. This is all well and good. We know that they're in a throuple now. But there's some other things that Megan told the police that were just as important, like that Craig was on his phone all night. So who was Craig talking to? 
they pull his phone records and find out that it was Sad Sack Anthony. So now the police have to... Who's just a normal dude. Just a normal guy. Just they. So now the police need to find out through the cell phone pings where Anthony's cell phone was that night. Was Anthony the murderer? Turns out he was at a gas station that was actually kind of near where the burnt car is found. And cue the grainy surveillance video of the gas station. And we see Anthony in his pajama bottoms purchasing a few dollars worth of gas in one of those red portable containers. And we're saying actual surveillance footage, not fake acting reenactment of the B-roll. This is the real Anthony in his pajama bottoms, which makes it so much more poignant. But the best part of this scene is that in the reenactment of the cops watching the surveillance video, the police station in quotes footage is so dark. They're in like Dick Tracy, the dark room with the candlelight. That's how they solve crimes on these shows. They sit in the dark, maybe a single one of those little switch on lights. It's so shadowy that it's not good for looking over evidence. But this is how they do. And if it's any earlier than 20 years ago, there's like a cigarette in an ashtray. Yes, absolutely. What I don't get is that when they go to watch the surveillance video, they turn out one of the little desk lights and it makes no difference. It's just as dark. <laughs> but it's supposed to be for like effect, like, oh, let's turn this out and watch this video. I'm like, it's so dark in there. You can already see it. Yeah, that does. It's not like you're watching a movie. No, I didn't understand. I don't know what they were doing. Do you never watch TV when it's light out? You can still see the screen. The screen is lit. But that one cop says something like, well, now we know where Anthony was or something like that very dramatically. And I laughed. Those cops needed to have at least one line. They did great, though. Those cops did not bug me, which means they did their job. But not so fast with Anthony, actually. We then get Walmart surveillance video. Walmart. Wish this was a bingo. You can still play bingo with our, I think, totally. You can still play. Just not with anything about the hosts. Yeah, exactly. We should actually make ID cards that don't have Dateline hosts on them. Yeah, I can do that. So we get Walmart surveillance video of Kelly buying not just like one case of lighter fluid, but literally buying out the store's stock of lighter fluid. So much that it's on a, one of those rolly carts, like a dolly. I guess we could say accelerant. What you pedestrians call lighter fluid. <laughs> so... Are they in it together? Are Anthony and Kelly in it together? I don't know why the narrator is asking us this or the cops or anyone, because no, they're clearly not in it together. This is clearly Anthony being duped, right? In my opinion, anyways. Yeah. Well, maybe Kelly was having an affair with Anthony. Maybe we're supposed to think that. I did kind of think that for half a second, but then it went away because of the pajama pants. <laughs> no, I just think that Kelly... If you're a fitness celebrity, you're dating another fitness celebrity guy. But she also was dating Melissa, who was just a normal yoga doing gal. Do you think that was all she was? I feel like she was a little bit fitnessy, right? No? She was fitnessy, in, but they keep just saying she just does yoga and that she's just normal girl. That's why they had her in the ballerina costume at the beginning. Boy, that's really, yeah, you're right. Thank you. So Anthony is brought in by the cops and he spills the beans right away, basically in exchange for a plea deal, but he doesn't really 
need a plea deal. Craig, that night, Craig was calling Anthony over and over and over again. And finally, Anthony picks up and Craig says, hey, man, I ran out of gas. Can you help me out? Get a gas can and fill it with a few bucks worth of gas and bring it to me. So Anthony's a really good friend or a sycophant. I don't know. It's hard to tell. He goes, gets this gas can, fills it with gas and drives out to meet Craig on this weird desert road. But when he gets there, Kelly is also there. So he gives them the gas and they're like, well, thanks so much, but we actually need another favor from you. Also, this totally explains the pajama pants, right? He was in bed. Yeah. Kelly and Craig say, we need a ride back home, but first we need you to follow us a little further. And why Anthony isn't asking more questions at this point, I'll never know. But he follows them out like way down on this desert road. And then they get out of the Jag, pour gasoline all over it and light it on fire. Mm -hmm. And then they come running back to Anthony's car, jump in and say, go, man, go, go. Anthony, kick them out of your car. No, he loves them. He wants to be them. He does. Also, he's very confused. Does he want to be in the thruple? He wants to be in Craig's side of the thruple. What is with all these friends that are secretly in love with their friend? I think with them, it wasn't so much of a sexual in love with. It was just like being so enamored with a person. Like when George was totally in love with the guy that Elaine was dating because he was so handsome. Oh, really? And yeah. And like the whole ep- he's just like copying his moves and the way he talks. He it mimics the whole thing. And like, it's really funny. I would like but to he, see it's that like one. he has a man crush on it what you would call a man crush. I hope that's not an offensive phrase. Who cares? It's not. I'm saying it. I'm sorry if it is. I'm apologizing in advance. So Craig is confronted with Anthony's statement by the police. And Craig decides he's going to go ahead and spill everything. None of these people are like holding out. No, they're not. It's very quick. They're giving up all the information. I think that's why we had to have the gratuitous intimate scene because this goes very, very fast. He tells the cops everything in exchange for a plea deal. Kelly was actually upset about the serious feelings that she thought that Craig and Melissa were having towards each other that were more than just like we're fooling around. I think she thought that there were love feelings that were developing. So she tells Greg that she needs Melissa to move out. What did I say? Greg. I wrote Greg, too. She tells Greg <laughs> that she needs Melissa to move out. And Melissa says something. Why are you laughing? I don't know. My brain is not good anymore. Your comic timing was perfect there. <laughs> Thanks. So she needs Melissa to move out. And Melissa says something like, something along the lines of, you're just old and bitter and can't satisfy your husband. I wrote husband. That doesn't mean much. No, she didn't say husband. She said man. She said Can't man. Can't satisfy your man. Dang it. Yeah. But I still feel like at some other point that he must have said wife. I just don't. I don't remember. So yeah, Melissa's really nasty to her. And Kelly goes after her and starts like attacking Melissa. Melissa fights back. And then Craig gets involved. This was a little messy for me. He somehow punches her a few times. What happened here? She pushes him away. Right. And he backhands her or slaps her or something, but it knocks her down. And then he's like grabbing and dragging her 
and they say he has a really bad temper, which we're just finding out now. And he's dragging her. And then they say this bodybuilder up against this girl who does yoga, which I thought was a little demeaning towards girls who do yoga. But still, he is a bodybuilder. Yeah, he's massive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if he's actually hitting her or just struggling with her at this point. I think they're just struggling. But I don't understand why Craig gets involved in the first place. Oh, well, this is where they should have maybe given the actors specific lines because I was listening carefully and he's doing this animated talking, but I can't tell who he's yelling at. So he's either yelling at his wife to back off and stop yelling at Melissa, but he's kind of talking to Melissa too. Like maybe he's yelling at her to don't talk to his wife that way. And it's unclear exactly whose side he's on at this point. But Melissa pushes him to get out of the way. And that's when he backhands her, slaps her, whatever. Okay. Regardless, Melissa ends up on the ground. And Kelly decides that she's not done with her and goes and grabs the taser from Craig's desk and tases her six times. I don't know how many times you need to be tased. Just once should be enough. Especially if she's smaller. She tases her into unconsciousness. Honestly, she should have tased Craig. It's weird because she wasn't even really involved in the fight at that point. Like the physical fight, she was just kind of watching and kind of cheering Craig on as he was swinging around Melissa. But then she's like, she wanted in on it. And so she grabs a taser, which I have questions about too. There's several questions that I have of things that don't quite add up. Right. We'll get to them. So Craig at this point has decided, okay, well, we're past the point of no return because she's unconscious. So I'm going to go get a syringe full of morphine and we're going to pump that in her veins. They do not explain why he has a syringe of morphine, which is not a normal thing for people to have in their house. I guess he's thinking they have a business, they have a home, they have a career If they allow her to wake up, she will press charges against them for assault. So they have to just kill her and make her go away because they have too much to lose. I feel like maybe you wait for her to wake up and be like, I'll give you $100,000 to be quiet. Yeah, there's other options. There's other things that could be worked out. But he doesn't even pause or at least the actor doesn't. It's literally like tase, 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 tase. She's unconscious, runs and grabs the syringe. Literally doesn't run his hands through his hair like, oh my God, what did we do? We have to finish this. What do you mean finish this? We can't. Nothing like that. There was, it literally just goes for the syringe. It was kind of crazy. I feel like rage is not the right word. There's something going on with him. They say that he has a temper problem, but I'm like... Steroids? I don't want to say that, but maybe. So after she's dead from the morphine, he's the one that tapes her face because he just can't look at her, which I kind of figured that that's what the duct tape was for. And then they wrap her in blankets and put her in the trunk of the car. Here's the thing, though. If you're about to wrap her in blankets, you're not going to see her face anymore. So why did you have to duct tape it first? Also, how important was it to use your USC blanket? Because I saw those two Trojan heads coming at me when you're wrapping that blanket. I was dying. I was like, why are there Trojan heads right there? Well, oh, no, that's because that I don't think that's USC. I think maybe they were just into Greek mythology. But stuff. I will say it was specifically like the USC logo. Yeah, that's funny. I saw it right away and I was like, USC, what are they doing? Anyways, then they invite Megan to dinner that night to establish an alibi. And then they meet up with Anthony exactly as Anthony 
had described it. Anthony didn't know about this. He was not involved. Since we just passed now the dinner party, I can discuss my four things that don't make sense. At the dinner party? Yeah, because that's what happened. So this is the story. Right. So the first thing is doesn't actually have to do with the dinner party. It's they found those taser things, Mm -hmm. the little confetti things in Melissa's bedroom. But when they attacked her, were they in Melissa's bedroom? Yeah. Why was the taser in the drawer of Melissa's bedroom? No, she ran into another room. During the fight? Yeah. While he's holding Melissa on the ground, she runs into his office. And she they said specifically she grabbed it from Craig's desk. Okay, so he keeps the taser in his desk office. As you do. Don't know why this 300-pound bodybuilder needs a taser. I keep my taser in my sewing box. <laughs> why does this grown man need a taser? He could literally beat any man into submission. That's a really good question. Do you think he just liked to play with things that hurt? Ooh, maybe. Mm. Okay, so my three things that have to do with it. One, why would Kelly be annoyed or upset at Craig for being on the phone the whole night and being like, who is that? Get off the phone. If she is in on the plan and knows that he's calling Anthony. Maybe Megan had said something. Like Megan had been like, he's on the phone a lot. And so she was like, oh, I better cover. Mm -hmm. And then did a thing. Yeah. Giving them a lot of credit. I am. That's a lot of credit. The second thing, why do they call him for the gasoline if she's already gotten all those barrels of lighter fluid, whatever, at Walmart? I really wish I knew. She bought all the jugs they had at Walmart, but they needed him in the middle of the night to go to a gas station and buy a small little container of gasoline. Do they only have one car? Well, here's, no, this is my second, my last and final, third and final point is during the dinner party, Kelly at one point notices that her car has gone missing. But at this point, it wouldn't have been missing because they don't do that till later. In fact, they say they have this dinner party casually with a body in the trunk of their car. So, but why at one point does she say, Megan, my car's missing and looks out the window. She must have taken it. Oh my gosh. Then the narrator is wrong if he's saying they're having a dinner party with this body in the trunk right there at their house. Or they caravaned out to the desert, left the car there, and then later on in the night drove back out to the car to set it on fire, which doesn't make any sense. No, the thing with Anthony happened. Right. But- But So they were in one car at that point. So they didn't take the car until later. So there's, so why was she saying her car's missing? Megan would have seen the car right there. That story only makes sense if Anthony's lying. So if they had taken the car out earlier, it would have mean that they would have carpooled out there earlier. And then Anthony came and got them and all three of them went to Walmart and got the lighter fluid. And then... Maybe they went and got a little bit of gasoline or something. I don't know. But if they were caravanning out, they could have just lit the car on fire and driven themselves back. So they had to have taken the car out there together in one car and abandoned the car and Anthony drove them home because he gave them a ride back. But 
it would have made more sense for them. They wouldn't have even need to involve Anthony. They already got the cans of gas at Walmart. So they drive in that car out. He drives one car. She drives the other car. They light the car on fire. And then they both drive back together in their other car. Do they only have one car? No, I cannot imagine that. It also doesn't make sense why she would point out that the car was missing when it wasn't missing. It makes no sense. Megan would look and go, no, it's right there. It's not covered with an invisibility cloak. What are you talking about? It's right there. Did she move it to somewhere else? Was the car around back the side of the house or something like that? Maybe around back so they could say that Melissa had left for her mom's. And then later they drove it out to the desert. Again, doesn't make sense why they needed to involve Anthony at all. Because they had gotten the gas themselves or the lighter fluid, whatever, the big jugs. And they could have driven both cars out there. Only makes sense to involve Anthony if... If they only have one car. They only have one car. But they are opulent. Yeah, they are. Opulence, you earn everything. Shout out to anyone who has seen that episode of Drag Race. Those things do not line up at all. I don't know how he even fits in a Jaguar. He must need seatbelt extenders. And Well, not all Jaguars are sports cars like that. Some of them are a little bit bigger. This is really confusing. Why did they involve Anthony? Is Anthony lying? No, I don't think so. They have him in his PJs on surveillance, buying the lighter. No, but is he lying about being more involved? Was he more involved? Did he help with things earlier? I don't feel like they would not flip and try to get him in more trouble. Like they have no loyalty to Anthony. He's their hanger on. Also, this all happened in one day, right? It's not like a day and then the next day they're taking the body? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think it was all the same day. Okay, so let's go through the prison sentences really quick. Anthony only gets probation. Kelly has two felonies, battery with a deadly weapon and arson. And Craig has three felonies, murder, kidnapping, and arson. Kelly was given six to 15 years and Craig was given 17 to 51. What? Six to 15 only? Yeah. That's crazy. She's the one who tased her unconscious six times. Was it the morphine that killed her or was she going to die from the tasing? Can you die from tasing? No, she was. You probably could if you were tased enough, but they said she just was unconscious from the tasing and it was the morphine that killed her. See, and the thing is, I don't think we're getting the real story about what happened in that house. I don't buy that he duct taped her because he didn't want to see her face. I feel like she was still alive and he duct taped her to suffocate her. I don't think so. I don't get it. If you're going to roll someone up in a blanket immediately, why do you cover the, if then put a pillowcase over her face if you don't want to look at it. I don't think that the timeline of what we saw is anything like what happened. I don't think he ran and got the morphine right away. I think that Kelly should have gotten as much time as Craig because I think they definitely discussed how to handle this, what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that time has passed between all of these things. I think that time passed between the tasing and the morphine. And then I think probably as soon as she was dead, he just couldn't look at her anymore until they hadn't made the plan about fire. And that's when they rolled her up in the blankets and put her in the car was when they made the fire plan. So I think that there's like an hour or so in between. I still think duct taping a person's entire face is the worst way to cover their face so you don't have to look at them. And I've never seen that on a show before. I think it's really bizarre and kind of leads me to believe that, I mean, obviously they're not all right, but Craig's really not all right. 
Right. If he enjoys the tasing, you see duct tape on people's mouths and nose to suffocate them or when you kidnap them so they don't scream. To take off strips of duct, he doesn't even wrap it all around her head. He takes off strips of duct tape and then places them at her forehead, right below her forehead, on the bridge of her nose, on her nose, like a bunch of them layered all down her face. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Every time I've seen someone on Dateline or whatever, where they have remorse and they want to cover the body because they don't want to look at it, they literally just throw a, like, a blanket over their face or something. Oh, okay. I have an idea. Is it possible that he's not very smart and yes, that some, yeah, but thought that somehow this would distort her somehow more with fire, with the duct tape, that it would melt or something would happen to the duct tape that would. That to me would make him more smart to think of something like that. Cause that's a very interesting thought because the it's plasticky, right? So it might melt. See, that would make him more smart. And I don't think he's that smart unless he's into some weird internet stuff, you guys. He might be into some weird internet stuff. I could see that for him. Why does he have a taser in his desk's drawer? He's literally the biggest man in Las Vegas. I would like to talk about one of the most important things of this episode, which is why does he look so different than the reenactment actor? Oh, my God. That was the biggest shock of the episode. It was not that Kelly and Melissa were having sex. No, it, it was this. What in the what? The actor playing him looks like he could be on a CW show. He was tremendously handsome. He looks like one of the guys from like Supernatural. I thought that he was wearing a muscle suit. I had like decided that. I was like, I don't think people look like that. No. That's weird. Because he was all smooth like a Ken doll. Yeah, they wax a lot. They shave those bodybuilders. So now that we've described what the actor looks like, kind of like one of the guy from Supernatural, not the guy that was on Gilmore Girls, but the other guy. Explain when they finally cut and we see the prison shot of the real guy. Who's 20 years older than the reenactment actor like on a good day. 30 years older. And also Kelly was pretty. Much prettier than I expected. Very pretty. Didn't look like the reenactment but still. You get the idea. That makes sense. Is it possible that the prison photo they picked of Craig is from like after he's been in prison for 20 years, they just are now are making the show. So they picked a recent photo, but they picked a time for Kelly, who's smiling in her prison photo, like very proudly smiling, weirdly. So they picked her photo for right when she went into prison, because I was like, those two people are not together in real life. And he, that guy that they showed, is not getting all the ladies in town. It was a terrible picture, number one. It was a terrible picture. I'm sure that this guy is better looking than that picture. But also maybe he's better looking when he starts talking. You know how sometimes people are like that? Yeah, but he didn't even look like a bodybuilder. I guarantee we're only seeing his face, though. He looked like a bodybuilder. Where's my phone? I got to look him up. It's going to drive me crazy. My phone's gone. What's his name? Craig Titus. Maybe. Oh, so in his jail photo he looks huge but he looks much younger he has hair he actually looks kind of cute yeah that photo i guarantee you was taken 20 years after he's been in prison yeah what year did this happen and what year was this episode shot because i think they actually gave us a current photo of craig even though this episode took place 
a long time ago. 2005. So 15 years ago. He is 55 now. Mm -hmm. So when this happened, he was 40. The man in that photo looked 55. He's eligible for parole release on December 23rd, 2026. He'll be 59 years old. That's not fair that he can get out and have a nice life. No, it's really not. Oh, but that was his plea. He told that he told them everything. So we're going to need to post some photos with this, I feel like. What is this photo? Is that a deprivation chamber? There's a photo of him looking like he's going to an eyes wide shut party. But like he's strapped to a thing like Hannibal Lecter. He's strapped to a thing like Hannibal Lecter with ties on him like Madonna and like a blindfold and a blindfold. Oh, this makes me sad because he's so, so muscly. And then. Oh, this says Craig Titus steroids. Yeah. So maybe he was on steroids. Why didn't they talk about that? I would assume that stuff is heavily regulated, but maybe they find ways to get around it. The thing that we're not saying is they were at the end of their career, but he was still competing at that time. Because at one time he gets home and he's upset because he lost at a competition. So he's still competing. So why, how is he getting away with steroids? I guess people get away with steroids all the time. They just change the formula and try to scam the system. Hmm. But I still don't know why he's being strapped up in this video. And I'm a little scared to watch it. Whoa, we missed a ton of this. Realizing that authorities would catch on to the discrepancies, Craig and Kelly traveled cross-country and prompted a manhunt consisting of local police as well as the FBI. Nine days into the manhunt and on the Friday following the date of the murder, Craig was arrested. That's why he's being tied up like Hannibal Lecter. As he waited in a truck while Kelly received a pedicure. <laughs> Oh my God, you're not ready for this. Items in their possession indicated that the couple was arranging to flee to Greece. They are into the Greek gods. They really are. Oh my God. Oh wait, no, but then it says Craig Titus is of Greek descent and fluent in that country's language. Oh, interesting. So that's why they had the Greek gods party and they were dressed and they kept calling him an Adonis. That's why he's being tied up like he is. He's surrounded by state troopers or something. But I don't know why they're putting this blindfold on him like he is going to sleepy time. It is like an eye mask. It's like a massaging eye mask. But he is being tied up hardcore. This is also very strange. This says video evidence clearly shows Craig Titus purchasing seven bottles of lighter fluid from a 24-hour Walmart at 3.30 in the morning. It says that he was shown doing it? He was shown doing it. The footage we see is her. We see real footage. That just must be a mistake. Unless he's shown on the camera too, but they didn't show that on ID. This is very strange. There's always so much more to the story. Watching an ID show is like, what? it's like a two-parter. It's like, first you watch the episode and then a bunch of listeners come at you and tell you there's a bunch of podcasts where they actually tell you what happened. He said that he's used almost every steroid made at one time in my career. He's an expert in the field of performance-enhancing drugs. I think steroids might make you paranoid. Maybe why that's why he had a taser. Maybe he thought people were trying to get him and take him down. Maybe that world is very competitive and cutthroat. But the thing I don't understand is like a taser, if you, well, maybe if someone was pointing a gun at you, you could tase them really fast and they would drop the gun. But anything else is like... I guarantee you the taser is some kind of weird macho thing want to see if he can take himself down or something. I guarantee you it's oh, something. Oh, he tases himself, it's yeah. It's something weird. It's some self. There's something weird about it that's not going to. So he had his friend slash 
tenant right. buy it for him. Correct. I think because they only have an hour, it could have been a movie. This could have been like one of those, like, what's the new one? The Betty Broderick, you know, like a series or something. Yeah, definitely. That would have been fun. Yeah. And I bet there's other podcasts that cover this case way better than we do. So sorry, guys. Check them out. <laughs> no, <laughs> After we, us. Not as sassily. No. First, listen to us and get the taste of it, the flavor, the funniness, the sensualness, and then jump to the other podcast for the for facts. The facts. We're going to give you a general idea of what happened that may or may not be correct. Right. Because we are only watching the ID show. That's it. A lot of it is based on reenactment, which isn't real. So again, those actors might have made a lot of choices. I think the directors, too, take a lot of liberties with the actual facts. Absolutely. They're going for entertainment, guys. And so are we. This was fun. This was a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I would like to do more of this series. I don't know if there are any other good ones. I'll have to look. I went straight for this one because of the picture. But everyone, please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. If you like our podcast, a five-star review would definitely help us. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Kimberly has amazing social media skills that you got to see it to believe it. Check it out. <laughs> She's real good. She's real good at the memes. The memes are really funny. No, you guys keep sending me the good memes. Yeah. I'm just the humble curator. Yeah, it works, though. It's really, they're really fun. Thank it's you. It's a bright light in this dark world right now. Speaking of dark world, please wear your masks and be nice to each other. I thought you were going to say, because this bright world, like, they have him in a mask. Because, like, it was so bright out. He's wearing an eye mask when they capture What him. is that picture from? Put that picture up and see what our people think. There's a video I was watching. It's of him being taken down. He's like surrounded by troopers and he's sighing and he's all muscly and they are tying him down in the weirdest way. Very strange. So he must be. They couldn't, cont he's can't be contained with just handcuffs. Right. No, because he's the Hulk. Oh, it's like trapping like Godzilla in a net. Right. It's extra precautions. That's, yeah, that's good police work is what that is. Excellent. I didn't know there was a manhunt. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. Next episode, let's find a good manhunt. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Let's work out. I'm pumped to work. Let's pump. Pump some iron. <laughs>